listening to Classic Schmessic with Chris and Owen. Here we all are once again, dear listener. It's time for another Classic Schmessic. But this isn't just any old Classic Schmessic. This is a Summer of Seventies! Spooktacular special. Oh my gosh, what? it's another spooktacular. <laughs> What's more summery than a movie in the horror genre? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing makes me smell the suntan oil like decapitation. Just kick back on the beach, adjust your sun lounger, get your iPad out, put your headphones on and watch with us. The, the Omen. That sounds like I'm just doing the bit where we're yeah, about to watch it. We're I not was, watching it yet. I was scared. I thought <laughs> I'd, I blacked out for <laughs> 15 minutes. No, that's true. I'm I'm really excited about this one. This is one that I've, I've heard of. Yeah. Really, I think I have things to say about this one. I think this is arguably mm-hmm. the film that has permeated our culture the most out of any film. Out of any film. I mean, obviously, you get these parodies of you know, Casablanca and The Godfather and things like that. But I feel like the sheer references to this film that I made, I feel like, I, yeah, like you, I, I probably know a fair few elements of it. Do you know why that is, Owen? Why is that? It has backing from the devil. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. yeah like like the right. devil's got all the best music. Yeah. He's also got all the most permeating films. So now let's play some cultural osmosis ping pong. Would you like to serve? Yes, sure. The number 666, denoting the number of the beast. I think that it is on his forehead, this child's forehead, that is born during mm. this. Yeah, I've heard something like that. Now that you say that, though, that would that seems ridiculous. That he have like a little 666. I think, it's, into his head. I think it's like a bunch of freckles or mm. some veins near the surface. Yeah. Um... Or maybe his hair just falls into that sort of six 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 round the crown, curly locks. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Do you know? Have you heard this? That there was a mistranslation, and that six 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 is not, in fact, the number of the beast. Six one six is the number of the beast. Mm-hmm. Have you heard this? No. Okay. Is there more to it than that? I mean, that's pretty much it. That's I've explained the whole thing. Right. I mean, not. You know, I've not gone into linguistic details because I don't know them. I've heard like, 664, mm. neighbour of the beast. Yeah, I can imagine like someone knocking at the door. Hello. Uh, hi, is, um, you looking for the devil on you? Uh, yeah, is this not? No, everyone does this. It's 616. Yeah, you want to go 50 flats that way. The devil lives in a flat. I, I would say he would. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. You'll go. Uh, Damien. Yes. The name of the child is Damien. Yes. Which is a joke, really, now. I mean, there's a whole series of Only Fools and Horses where Rodney Trotter has a child, and every time Dale Boy sees it, it plays this music <laughs> from, I presume, The Omen. But I do know that there's some sort of misconception in the music associated with the omen and the actual music from the omen. So there is a classical piece of music, and I think that's what they use in Only Fools and Horses, which is the one that goes. You know that one? Yeah, I do know that one. And then I think that isn't actually in the omen. I could be wrong, but that is very associated with it, and I think it might be partially down to Only Fools and Horses. Right. So they probably couldn't get the copyright for the actual one. They started using that. And then mm. in the public consciousness, that became the Omen music. Yeah. Maybe. Isn't that an Old Spice advert as well, that music? No, I don't know. I like the new Old Spice ones. Yeah. They're very funny. With Terry Crews. Terry Crews is awesome. He activates a drum machine using only the <laughs> flexing of his muscles. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, cool, my turn. Uh, well, I guess we'll go for the... The big thing that this child born in this film is the Antichrist. There to bring about the end of the world. I think the Antichrist is just there to start the end of the world. Mm. I don't think that means particularly that the devil's going to win the final battle, just that the final battle is going to start. Is that right? 
I, I'm not yeah, very good I with my so. biblical. I mean, there's a lot of things, aren't there? There's a lot of films about a child of satanic origins mm-hmm. that is going to bring about the end of the world, basically. There's a story about it in Daredevil, written by Kevin Smith, Guardian Devil. There is. Which I I heard a lot of people said wasn't very good, but not really. Okay, I love it. I lo- sorry, I loved it at the time. Me no, me too. It's what got me into Daredevil pretty much was that story. But right. looking back on it now, it is atrocious. Oh right. And our friends over at Divisive Issues did an episode about it. If you want to go and listen to that show, okay. Well, we should then. Mm. I yeah, I can remember thinking, oh, it's great. But then I really liked. Indie cinema and Kevin Smith, so probably it was a mm. perfect storm for me. Yeah, I mean that's why I read it because it was Kevin Smith writing it, and then so I was like, "Interesting, this, this Daredevil cat's pretty cool, isn't he?" Because that's how you spoke in those yeah. days. <laughs> uh, great, yeah, Antichrist. That's my one. Okay. Uh, I mean, I might be out now. I, as you started saying Antichrist, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know that." So, I think is Donald Sutherland in this. Have no idea. Somebody like that is. Yep. There's like a male <laughs> lead. There's an. <laughs> I think the father of Damien is like the main character. Mm-hmm. And I also know that there's well, lots. The devil. Well, you know, they're like the Joseph. The, yeah. The anti-Joseph. The anti-Joseph. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> is the anti-Mary in it? I guess so. Is yeah. there an anti-donkey? Because <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> There is plenty of room at the inn. Come in. Oh, this is different. Mary was a doting mother, and the woman in this is an anti-doting mother. <laughs> that took me a moment. <laughs> it wasn't worth it, wasn't no, it? I mean, it, it was wasn't, terrible. But at least I got what you were trying to do, <laughs> yeah. which I think is helpful. Yeah. I have some more if you're out. Uh, go on, yeah. Someone gets decapitated by a window. A journalist, a snooping journalist, gets decapitated oh, by right. a window. Okay, yeah. And it's a famous bit. There is a there was a head roll there's heads rolling. Okay. I I vaguely remember there are scenes in like a big Catholic church. <laughs> that's so, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I mean there might not chance. be. There might No, I I'm pretty sure there are. And I think there's a funeral where Damien just turns and stares at either the camera or whoever's watching mm. the funeral in a kind of I'm doing it now, listeners. Kind of that kind of way. Don't you find it weird how goggle-eyed? Why is it there's nothing creepier than a silently staring child? Like, why is it so unnerving? Is it because we all see children as kind of innocent, naive things, and when you subvert that and put some sort of malicious spin on it, yes, with a kind of agenda an evil agenda i don't know i can't really quite put my finger on it but it's certainly creepy any films with freaky kids is something that i generally fear watching i tell you what i mean it might be something to do with you being a father well sometimes i will wake up to one of my children standing over me just blankly staring at me yeah and that would be terrifying because for those who don't know (laughs) owen's children they are they're like Owen. It's like they are part Disney. <laughs> it's like Owen had sex with Bambi. Essentially, <laughs> I would, I would, I would estimate that fifty percent of their entire face <laughs> is eyes. Yeah, is that like big brown, like super lashed eyes. So if that, if I woke up to that staring with no emotion, as if everything good that had happened in the world had been sucked away and they're just staring at me i would be scared too does that happen regularly not that often but it freaks me the fuck out <laughs> just imagine you wake up and there's a silent child staring at you do they ever both do it and just hold hands but say <laughs> nothing <laughs> they go they do uh, the other day i woke up and they were stood there holding hands and as i opened my eyes they started to sing and you realise they were standing on the ceiling rather than the floor. Yeah. <laughs> As you were saying super lashes, yeah. I couldn't help thinking of that could be what they called it when they whipped Jesus 
Super like, Lash. Like, I can they're imagine using, the normal Lash. They should have like an updated version of the Passion of the Christ that's for like, you know, Generation X. Generation <laughs> X? That was ages ago. <laughs> we're yeah. We're like Generation Y now. I don't think that's a thing. No, genera- No, we're on Generation Z. Sorry. Why is the Millennials... But I don't mean for them. That's what I'm talking about. I don't feel like the Passion of the Christ was for me. Okay. You're not X either. You're I don't Y. Know what I am. am I? Yeah. I didn't. I've never heard that there was a generation Y. Well, I'm in advertising, up? and we we do have <laughs> we have generational stuff, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, I think that they should have a scene, a bit like in the Princess Bride, you know, where he's on that torture machine, and he's like, put it up to ten, and he just whacks it up, and the other guy's like, no one's ever been past five. They should have been like, give him. Four. 40 lashes. And they're like, whoa, no one's ever been past 15 lashes. And he's like, I don't care. Super lashes. This has gone off in a weird place. It is really mm. weird, mm. but it's all still biblical imagery. So yeah. I think we're in the wheelhouse yeah. of the omen. I'm just racking my brains to see if there's anything else I want to say about it. Is there an anti-pilot in it? Do you think... <laughs> Do you think that there was an element where, to begin with, people don't believe him i mean i i imagine at first he's like don't you see he's the son of the devil and they're like oh, calm down bit rosemary's baby and that's that what way. i was just thinking as you were saying it yeah there's shades of that mm. like the demon child yeah um always oh, got a little cap hasn't he yeah oh yeah Damien, little kind like of a little school uniform yeah yeah very cool and and the guy who played him went on to be incredibly mucked up in life I think. Yeah. Unlike that girl from The Exorcist. I think she was fine. Right. Yeah. But Linda Blair. How many sequels are there to this? I think there's at least five. Yeah. Sequels. It, it suffered from Ata's sequel bloat, which yeah. is a medical condition <laughs> that Rocky got really badly. Poor old Rocky. Mm. You want to take some anti bloat for that. That's tr- that's true. You're on fire <laughs> this morning. <laughs> You are. I think I'm just delirious. When I say you're on fire, though, I mm. mean more like if you have an infection in a wound mm. and it gets really hot and itchy. That's the kind of on fire you are. Yeah, you want kind of some sort of anti-inflammatory to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're inflamed. He's inflamed. I feel like I'm engorged. Wow. <laughs> you're like <laughs> standing proud. Yeah. And on the back of this tumescence... Can you be on the back of a tumescence? I guess you are, yeah. yeah Most people that's are where on the you back are, of their yeah. own tumescence. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, <laughs> let's move on, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Let's watch this film. So, whether you're confusing the score from a famous movie with that of a popular sitcom set in Peckham, or in the course of your journalistic duties, looking out a window, stop. What you're doing. Yeah, and try and reel your head back in if possible. Just in case. Yeah. And watch with us now. The Omen. (laughs) (laughs) I think Chris is having a stroke. little kid freaked me out yeah yeah he was freaky he was freaky and he turns to the camera just like Bluto does in Animal House and gives a little wink at the end gives a little cheeky smile that's all folks (laughs) (laughs) that's all folks (laughs) yeah well there we go that was a a ride quite a ride Mm. lots of people died didn't they yeah they did uh I guess we should do a synopsis. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, do you want me to do that? Sure. So, Gregory Peck, not yeah. Donald Sutherland. No. He plays a prominent American political type guy. He does. He, I think, I think he's supposed to be the Italian ambassador, actually, probably. To begin or, with. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're at some sort of like Catholic maternity hospital. And he's informed that his wife's child has died. Mm. So it suggested to him that rather than break his wife's heart and tell her, he adopts a baby whose mother's just died and just switch it out and just say, hey, here's your baby. Everything's fine. La, 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 la. That's great. So that's what he does. Shortly after that, he gets the job of the American ambassador to Great Britain and he moves the family to London. Soon after that, he gets a visit from a priest who gives him these mad warnings about his son. He quickly dismisses that. After that, he gets a visit from a raving priest who tells him about a load of prophecies and mad things about his son and that the devil will rise up and revelation will be realized and all this kind of thing. He ignores him pretty much. But soon after that, some crazy shit starts to happen. Like Damien's nanny hangs herself in front of a party. Scary clown. Yeah, the scary clown was not intentionally scary. I don't think. I mean, that's just some personal baggage that you okay. bring to it. <laughs> I don't know if everyone knows this. You're very scared of clowns, aren't you? I am. I mm. hate them. And essentially, the priest's warnings are realised. It turns out that this child is the bring of death and destruction to many people around him. It ramps up to the extent that Gregory Peck begins to believe in these prophecies and he seeks to murder his own son. He stopped from doing so and the President of the United States steps in and adopts Damien and it ends with this child set to be the son of the most powerful man in the world. That's it. Yeah, that is the story. Well done, Owen. Awesome. Um, I was really struck by this one in that almost every single narrative struck beat... Struck by lightning. Boom. Uh, every single narrative beat is one that I've seen uh, through cultural osmosis. There was really no surprises in this at all. Right down to how I was saying there's a bit where Damien at a funeral turns round and looks at either the viewer or the audience surrogate Turns out it is to us. And that's the final shot of the film. It's so famous that the final shot has moved into cinematic history. And I think this film has actually been remade, but has essentially been re- remade many times. I think that, that, you know, I've sort of mentioned earlier that there are these kind of demon child movies. Mm. And yeah, watching it backwards, as in we've seen things made since this, but not this, it now has no real surprises for us. No. It, I mean, it's established pretty early on that he is the Antichrist. Mm. I mean, even in the title sequence, there's a bit where uh, there's a picture of him with an upside-down cross as his shadow. They're not really holding back on any of that stuff, are they? No. So that's really weird. <laughs> I think, it, yeah. So, uh, and, well, the only surprise was that the window decapitation happens when the glass isn't actually in the window it's about to be installed in the window yeah it's a giant sheet of glass it's a horizontal window i was surprised by it just by how well done and graphic and i mean you couldn't help but shout out when that happened i would have loved to have been in a cinema to see that yeah when no one had ever no one knew it was going to happen yeah i think that is People talk about it as the really famous sequence. And I remember when the remake happened, people were like, how are they going to top that? How are they going to make that better? And I think I didn't watch it, but I think most people agreed that the original was better than whatever they did in the new version. I'd be interested to see that. How do you ramp it up? I don't know. I think it's just so... It looks uh, perfect, basically. It doesn't look fake in any way. And the fake head, they've got... the dimensions perfectly and then you see the reflection yeah that bit warner's head in the glass which is so much more effective than just seeing the head yeah it's freaky as um 
I actually found the nanny killing herself the most disturbing because mm. she was so happy about yeah. it. That's what freaked me out. She was like, look at me. I'm serving you. Woo. <laughs> oh, that was really bad. And she, the reason that she killed herself was because a dog looked at her. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Essentially, Damien was killing her via dog proxy. So... To explain a bit of the story that we eventually realise, I mean, we've gone through the basic plot, but what we learn is essentially some presumably cultists or something like that, we don't know, they actually purposefully killed Gregory Peck's son. It's so dark. Knowing that he is a person in a position of power and manipulated the situation in order to get him to adopt Damien. Yeah. And then, again, probably some sort of black magic or something was worked in order to get him the position of the ambassador in London. That's right. I don't know. Is that a better position than than in Italy? I don't yeah, know. London. Come yeah. on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so dark. When we see the child's body and it's had its skull caved in, mm. and then we see Damon's mother as some kind of hell beast. I mean, I did not expect to see... A child skeleton. Because uh, it, it, it's weird, because it's completely a bone-white skeleton. Mm. There's nothing, like, gory about Grizzly. it, other than there's obviously some trauma to the skull. But it's still such a horribly shocking image to see, a skeleton of a tiny child. I mean, I personally think, and you said this at the time, that skeleton was not reflective of, like, a fetus. No. But even so, it was... Well, it wouldn't be. I I was wrong. Was I, it wouldn't be a fetus? It would be a oh, yeah. child that was carried to term, but basically a newborn mm. baby. But it still seemed big. Yeah, it was. But it was really awful. It was a shocking image. This is a super dark film. Mm. But what's really interesting about it is we didn't know at the time, or I didn't know that Richard Donner was the director, and Donner is. I guess, well-known for these overblown action films. And at times, it just does feel like an action mm. film, like quite a good action like film. Like the sequence in that cemetery with the dogs mm. is pretty cool. And the lightning strike, I thought, was pretty good. Mm. And obviously, the decapitation, they feel like action sequences. So it doesn't have that dirty, creeping horror of something like Rosemary's mm. Baby. It's much more overt, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but when you scratch beneath the surface of its slightly more mainstream veneer, it, it's got a jet black heart. <laughs> you know the scene in it where the priest is killed? So f what happens is this priest normally lives in a kind of loft overlooking a church where every surface is wallpapered with pages from the bible and he's got loads of crucifixes up 47 yeah county yeah i don't know what was the significance of 47 it's the opposite of 666 <laughs> is it yeah well anyway he was in the park and he told gregory peck some important information and it was at this point that i guess the devil who apparently can control the weather went right i'm gonna kill him now yeah so a load of lightning strikes rained down on him and he ran away, managed to avoid the lightning, which was a bit Michael Bay-ish, just seemed to make things explode. And then he got to a church, lightning hit the weather vane on the church, which fell off and then pierced him from his collarbone, basically coming out of his butt cheek, was it? Something like that? Which again was done, I don't know how they did that sequence. No. It was really nicely done. I mean, I did think it, it had one of those insanely cheesy, no, moments sure. which i thought if you stopped saying no for five minutes and just moved slightly to your left you would have avoided it i think it's one of those things that actually if that had happened it's mm. showing the thing falling off the top of the roof at the same time as the sequence that you're seeing the reaction yeah. but because you can't overlay those two together it's showing one then the other but mm. they're actually happening at the same moment but i think i would have found it more effective if he'd have just been like oh chomp sure you know but Watching that sequence, I was like, I'm sure this was a big influence on one of the deaths from Hot Fuzz. Of course, yeah, the Adam Buxton death. Yeah. Yeah, that has to be a, what would you call it? Not a parody. A homage. Homage. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. It, it, that's why it felt so familiar to me. I hadn't put mm. my finger on why. But yeah, it's, that's even more gory there. And the conceit that I really like from the film 
was that um, David Warner, who people would recognise from Time Bandits. He's like the main bad guy. I can't remember his name in that film. But he's called something like Evil or Hate or something. Some sort of single word name. But anyway, he plays a photographer. And when he takes photos of various people, such as the nanny who hangs herself and the priest, there's this weird distortion on the photographs that indicate how they're going to die. Mm. So the priest has this kind of weird line jutting out of the side of his neck at the same angle yeah and the and the nanny has a, what looks like a rope going out of the top of her head which is really yeah that's freaky too but like you said i think this is a common thing in this film where there's a lot of decisions that are made or opportunities that are missed and you just said i'll just take a photo of myself or take a photo of other people yeah pretty quick and it's never really explored that that idea. Robert, it, it seems like in all the photos of you, there's a kind of ghostly policeman firing a gun at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Maybe like a little bullet out the side of his head or something, you know. Brains yeah. coming out the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to say it didn't feel quite like I thought it was going to feel. I think mm. I thought it was going to be more Polanski-ish. Yeah, and it it was a, it was a Richard Donner film. Yeah, um, and I think that made me enjoy it more because I kind of those films which I, I feel like I need a shower after watching them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, because if you think about the content, like you said, there's a lot of things in there which could have been made more gruesome, and there were things that weren't really played out. So Gregory Peck, or I mean, I'm calling him Gregory Peck. I feel like we should be calling him the Anti Joseph. Yep. The um, Joseph. He learns that the Auntie Mary's dead and was killed in now this is a thing I didn't actually research, but I'm not sure if the shining was before or after this, but there's a sequence in this with a child riding in a tricycle along a corridor. And I was like, That's that's been done before. I mean from my point of view anyway. Yeah. Apologies if the shining's after this. You I have can't. a non linear timeline. I think but anyway. Damien basically rides a tricycle into a table that his mother's standing on and knocks her over the balcony and kills her unborn child so that there's no, I don't know, rival, I guess. Again, super dark. Well, actually, no, it is because um, whoever these malevolent forces are, they want Damon to inherit everything from Gregory Peck, who's a very rich man yep. and powerful man. So, yeah, I guess he's taking out his rival in that sense, his inheritance rival. He would be being the anti-Joseph, Joseph mm. being a poor, humble man. He would have to be a rich, arrogant man. So there we go. <laughs> I was very interested in hearing about the anti-Trinity. Yeah. What was it again? I don't know. So you've got the, the devil, the antichrist. And, and, what and like this one was a bit of a shit one. When it was like the unholy prophet or something it was like, like that. It was like the unholy coffee is what I heard. <laughs> yeah, you did. And you don't like coffee, do no. you? So every kind of coffee's unholy to you so that what you're essentially saying is is that the word the word of god mm. is tea because i would say that's the anti-coffee is tea isn't i it? mean that's def that is provable yeah and we had a lovely tea while watching this film it was called hot mama jama and it was green tea with chili bit caustic on the old throat though i thought oh no yeah. i love it mm. burns away a sore throat like nothing yeah, okay. yeah. Really good. I'm not a big ginger fan, and it felt a bit gingery to uh, me. Okay, so n not your favourite. No. Uh, I really liked it, guys. I wanted more, but I I didn't get up to get any more. So that's your tea report for this week. Yeah, so... Oh, I should probably say that the boggle-eyed priest is played by none other than the second Doctor, Patrick Troughton. I mean, I can't believe we've got this far into the podcast without you bringing this fact up. Man, he's so good. Like, from his first line, he has this portent to the way he speaks. And it feels like the second Doctor was this clownish Doctor. He was sort of really funny and lightweight and silly. But then there were just these moments where he would get incredibly serious and pronounce something um, profound. And he was using that voice. And I thought, it sends shivers down me. I'm like, yeah, you're so good. Well done, you. Is he Irish? No. Oh, it was a good Irish accent then. He was a really gifted mimic. Okay. Uh, he was a he was uh, before he was the doctor. He was a character actor. Mm. Yeah, he and he disappeared into roles. Sometimes you don't really notice it's him. He, I think, he was one of the better 
actors. A lot of the people to play the Doctor were more performers, you mm. know, rather than actual actors. I think Patrick Troughton is... Well, he shows that he's really good, I think. Hooray for him, is all I'm saying. Another character of note, from my point of view, was the replacement nanny. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what her name was, but she was effectively an agent of the devil. She was. And she was quite scary, but I'm not ashamed to admit, I found her quite sexy as well. I did not. (laughs) But, I mean, different strokes for different folks. Mm. She could give me a few strokes. Mm. I was remarking that she was a bit like the anti-Mary Poppins. Yes, that was a good call. Mm. When I say strokes, though, folks... Don't think that that's something. Well, it is sexual, but I didn't mean strokes of the penis. I meant like whips on my back, taking it back to the whipping earlier. Just like a weird bondagey SM thing. I'm sure she would be into all that. That's your fantasy. And I'd give it a go, you know, see right. what it's like. I'm glad that you went back and mm. made sure people understood mm. th- yeah. what they should be imagining. To be fair, if then she did whip me a bit and I was like, oh, no, I don't like it, I'd be like, just wank me off instead at the end. And then it would be the original strokes I was talking about. The vinegar strokes. Just to be clear. I'm I'm glad. But that I don't think she would. I think she'd just carry on. She'd be like, no. I think she'd just stab you through the eyeball. She probably would. Yeah. She's like a praying mantis. A sexual praying mantis, I think. <laughs> um. Yes. Like you'd have a great time, but is it really worth it in the end? No, would be the answer. <laughs> Wow, I mean, that barrage of images has sort of wiped my mind of anything else I wanted to say. Well, okay, well then let me take over. Okay. Because I've got a new segment, uh, a one-off segment, really. Mm -hmm. Although, actually, we have kind of done this before, and it's pretty dark. Do you remember when we did Rebel Without a Cause? I remember the film, yeah. And I spoke about the dark curse of Rebel Without a Cause. Yes. Well, fittingly... This chilling horror has its own curse associated with it. Oh, no. So, Chris, welcome to my segment that I'm calling... The Curse of the Oven! Right, so Richard Donner genuinely believes that there is a curse associated with the people that made this film. Right. John Richardson, right? He was the special effects consultant, so he was behind... The effect with the decapitation. Yeah. Yes. Very shortly after this film, he was involved in a traffic collision, I believe is the term. And sadly, his assistant, who was also in the car, was killed. And she was cut in half by parts of the other vehicle. He survived. And when he woke up, the first thing he saw was a road sign which said... Omen, spelled O-M-M-E-N, 666 kilometres, because they were in the Netherlands. That's weird. That is beyond weird. Yeah, that feels not true. It does feel not true. Uh, I'm going to doubt the 666 thing, because it seems a long way to be indicating a road sign. Yes. But the death thing was true. Mm. Gregory Peck. Yes. And the producer, obviously because this film was shot in London a lot, would fly backwards and forwards between America and the UK. And they went on separate planes. And both those planes on one evening got struck by lightning and nearly crashed. Yeah. Mirroring the lightning scene from the film. One other thing was they were going to rent a plane to do the initial aerial shot that was seen in the film yes but the plane rental company blew them out basically because they got a better offer from somebody else and they accepted a chartered flight from for a load of japanese businessmen and that plane just crashed and killed them all instantly wow the dogs went mental you know the scene where the dogs attack everyone yeah they attacked gregory peck's stuntman Mm -hmm. and finally you know the scene where Damien's mum takes him to the zoo and all the animals go crazy? Yes. Well, when the animals went mental, they killed one of the zookeepers. And he died because he was killed. That's what, <laughs> That's what happens when you're <laughs> yeah. killed, isn't it? You die. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I, we shouldn't have laughed at that. But wow, that is a litany 
of misfortune. I mean, things bad things happen all the time, but that's a lot, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and find I don't meaning think that, I've. Though. I mean, this is something I just looked up in five minutes. There's probably other things. I didn't research it fully. Yeah, but that almond thing sounds like bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I have to agree. He, he opens his eyes. Yeah, and what first thing he saw was a poster for, for the, movie. The, omen the omen that had been blown off a nearby advertising hoarding mm. and plastered itself onto the car. That's not true. And that is the end of the curse of the omen. Maybe forever. Maybe we will never use that sequence again. Yeah. Who knows? But we don't know what's ahead of us. Do you feel you're part of the curse of the omen now? Who? I hope not. We will see. Let's see how the rest Maybe of the day goes. If you took a photo of me, you could see a ghostly set of beef ribs floating above my head. Because you're going to choke on some beef ribs. Yeah. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> or bring back the nanny. Oh. <laughs> I blame myself for bringing these things up. <laughs> uh, great. I'm just going through my mental roller deck of things I want to talk about. Roller deck? Nope. <laughs> roller decks. Roller decks. You did have roller decks, but it broke, so now you've just got a roller deck. One of my issues with this film was that I felt like it was a bit like Final Destination. In yeah. that the devil seems to arbitrarily decide when to kill people. And it kind of makes most of it all meaningless because I feel like, well, why didn't he just kill everyone at the beginning? Or why is he killing the mother now and then ki- waiting until... If he'd have killed the mother in the first place, she wouldn't have been able to give birth to a baby or anything like that. That's true. And then there are other things like if they're worried that Damien's plan or the plan for Damien is that he's going to inherit everything that Gregory Peck has why doesn't Gregory Peck when he knows about this just go to his lawyer and say I want you to write my son out of any rights to my wealth or assets wouldn't have helped him in the end though he dies trying to kill his child Mm. and is adopted by the president so it doesn't matter one way or the other in the end so that's just luck like the devil's like, oh, I didn't plan for that, but that's brilliant. <laughs> no, I think if I had to make sense of it, it would be that for every time someone doesn't die, it's because there's some angelic force in the other right. direction. Because we don't hear anything about what God and the angels are doing while Satan and mm. the demons are having a right old time of it. But we, we, you know, we know it's a fight, yeah. the fight for the soul of mankind. So presumably, at some points good wins every now and then so do you think that priest patrick troughton's priest he goes up to heaven after he dies and god's like oh sorry missed the ball on that one let a few lightning strikes and the old the old uh, weather fade through the deck sorry about that well (laughs) he is actually a priest of the devil isn't he because he's got the 666 on his thigh he's just good point gets riddled with cancer and decides that he's going to change sides Priest of the devil. So I didn't know that. I didn't catch that. He's got 666. I know he has, but I didn't know that that meant that he was a priest of the devil. I think that means that he is on the devil's side. Okay. Everyone else who has 666 is on the Again, that's just sort of slightly confusing. Because that's your headcanon version, which makes sense. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like he seems like he's completely trying to help Stop Damien. Let me tell you something mm. else, though. Mm. He was at the birth. He was at the birth, you're right. Of Damien, which means he was at the birth of the freaky yes. hell beast. Birth. So he's like a repentant yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can buy that. But that's cool. And that's kind of cool from the fact that you caught that and from the side of the scriptwriter. Well done. What I would say was not so good was the idea that the ambassador of the United States to Britain would kill his nanny and then attempt to kill his own son. Yeah. Get shot to death. And then the president, rather than distancing himself from him entirely, gives him a state funeral and adopts his son. I reckon it was all covered up. Mm. Could Again, could be. It'd be embarrassing no. to that government if it if they didn't cover it all no. up. 
maybe in the Omen Two we learn that it was all a cover up. Yeah, is the Omen Two a direct sequel? No idea. I think it would be a shame if the Omen Two, the big twist at the end of the Omen Two, is we find out that Gregory Peck tried to murder his own son, and that was the whole film's leading up to uncovering all these facts about it. There's a Mark Millar comic. <laughs> Isn't there? It's yes. The American Jesus. Yeah. That's about the Antichrist. Mm hmm. Interesting. So I just laughed because of the tentative way that you said Millar. Millar. I always say Miller he, because. That's how I'm, he wants it to be. No, said. he said that it's either, you can say it in Miller or Millar, it's fine because it's Scottish, but I feel like that's just him being a pretentious wanker and going, I like the pronunciation Millar because it is kind of cool, isn't it? Mark Millar. Yeah, it sounds good, but. I hold my hands up if I'm wrong. If the Millar clan are outraged by this, I apologise. They'll all put on scuba gear and beat you up. I don't get that reference. Kick ass. Oh, okay. Scuba gear. That's what he wears. Mm, yeah, I get it now. I get okay. It. The green and yellow. Yeah. No, no, no I'm there. I'm with you. I just... I. It's one of yeah. his more famous characters. It is. It is. But I feel like you could equally have plucked any, you know... You could have said put on like a white cape and a cow. Yeah. And or killed and and put a bomb in my sister's womb. Yep. Could have said that. <laughs> it's not my go-to though. No. Fair enough. Okay. So here's the bit I'm most impressed about about this film. Is that they never make the character of Damien just an all-out evil little sod. Hmm. There are moments where he is disturbing as hell, quite literally. But a lot of the time, he's just a little kid. And even when he knocks the mum off the hanging, but while she's doing the hanging basket and she falls, uh, falls down the stairs, no, over the banisters, he looks for a while, but then he runs away and he could be going for help. Mm. He, he seems innocent right up until that last shot you can kind of buy that he mm. is innocent or that he doesn't know that the forces that are swirling around him are guiding him and puppeting him. But he himself is, you just don't know at that mm. point, which makes that last sequence when the Auntie Joseph has to stab, just, just stab him through the heart. Yeah. There's no, he's just dragged this kid into a church, mm. forced him down onto the stone floor and is going to stab him through the heart. That's a masterstroke, I yeah. think, because, you know, there's no suggestion. He doesn't get glowing red eyes or yeah. start talking in tongues or anything. He's just a scared little kid. I think also is the fact that I know it's almost like a cliche thing that he needs to be killed with a knife on an altar. But the fact, the physical act of doing that is so much more harrowing and uncomfortable for me to watch yeah if it was then, like yeah just drug him and draw a circle of salt around him and chant in latin until yeah. he melts that's very different <laughs> isn't yeah it? but just you know the physical like actually having to stab effect i mean i know he knows it's not his own son i'm amazed that he kind of went through with it i actually thought he probably wouldn't mm. i mean he doesn't obviously stab him but he would have done them which is why he gets shot yeah but another thing about that is i think they were very sparse on giving Damien any dialogue I mean that might have been because it's a kid but I think they could have easily had him say far more than he did and I think he I mean we're talking about over an hour into the film I think we've only heard him go eh? and that's about it and he does talk a little bit but then again yeah what he says just before he gets stabbed he's going no daddy stop stop and it's awful it's it absolutely terrible and i can't understand how he could have gone through with it other than i suppose he has been witness to the death of his real child at the hands of these cultists the death of his wife and all these people around him but it's still amazing that he goes through with it yeah he's got some pretty compelling evidence by mm. the end but even as an audience i mean we know who damien is yeah we know that he needs to die, really, for the heroes to win. But yeah, I was still like, no, you can't you can't stab this kid. Yeah, and I think that is a brilliant achievement to have all this awful stuff happen, yeah. have it tied directly back to the kid, 
and still have the audience going, not go, get him, get him. It's I think that's a, a masterful, sustained bit of direction mm. throughout the entirety of the work, actually. Really, really good. Shall we wrap up? Mm. Um, I'll go first. I'm finding this summer of 70s really tough to make my choice because in this instance, I have plot issues and believability, but they can be explained away. You know, you don't know for certain that it's not covered up. I don't really fully see the logic of, you know, why the things are happening as they are happening when it seems like it could be dealt with far more simply. But again, yeah, like you say, we don't know. There may be other things at work. That kind of could be seen as lazy or it could be seen as intentionally vague or ultimately you wouldn't have much of a film if that was the case. Um, the performances and everything were, were really great. I think Damien himself wasn't particularly pushed, although there were some intense moments where he's screaming when he's brought to the cathedral and things like that. Guildford Cathedral. Guildford Cathedral, yeah. Only 10 minutes from where we now sit. mm Perhaps we should make a pilgrimage there later I mean, on. I think people Just watch do, do out that. for weather vanes. <laughs> but, I mean, ultimately, I suppose what I'm going to say is I feel like watching more. I, I, I'm guessing that the sequels probably aren't going to be very good. Mm-hmm. But I would like to know where it could go next. So it is tough, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to say it was a good film. I don't think it was a great film. So I'm going to give it a schmasic. Ooh. I I thought there were some very good sequences in it. The It's absolute trump card, although that word is an awful word for me mm. now. Uh, the best thing about it is the way it deals with the character of Damien, as I just said. It's really interesting how they keep him innocent while all this evil consolidates around him. Uh, I think that is very masterfully done again i think the performances are very good and the direction is assured and the effects are used well and none of the gore or the horror goes over the top uh they deal with some really awful stuff Mm. battering a baby to death as soon as it's born is one of the most reprehensible things i can even conceive of and that's in this there is, yeah, multiple grisly murders. There's a clown. They don't even <laughs> warn you. There's just suddenly a clown. It It's pretty hard going, but it is also has this rhythm of an action film. It's fairly self-assured. That being said, I'm not, I'm not lit up about it. I don't want to go and tell all my friends to go and watch it or anything. I mean, that could be that I'm just not a big horror fan, really. I don't find it a rewarding genre. But it's our podcast, so I guess all I can say is my view. And my view is, yep, good film, not a great film. So, Schmasic 2. Excellent. So that means that we rate The Omen as a Schmasic. Check this out. I'm going to blow your mind. Prequel to this film? Yep. Rosemary's Baby. What? So imagine the cultists from Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. They get Rosemary to care for the child a bit or something. That's what happens at the end. She agrees to it. Yeah. But really, they just kill her. Yeah. And then swap this baby with Gregory Peck's baby. And then it just keeps going. And that's it. And that the priest, Patrick Troughton, is the dad from Rosemary's Baby. Although he's not actually the dad because the devil's the dad. Mm-hmm. The the other anti-Joseph. Yeah. Wow. Wow, you're just putting them all together. That could be a great double bill, folks. <laughs> so the devil's unborn child, the devil's toddler, and then, I don't know, probably the other, se- the Omen sequels. I mean, I think there is a slight problem in that, I think. No, I think there, there may be in Rosemary's Baby. It's newborn at the end, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, just born. See, perfect. Fits. It's like a glove. So what's the skeleton beast mother? Yeah. That's one of the dogs. <laughs> That's just, yeah, the they just put it in there. They just put a dog in yeah. there. Okay, great. Well, Owen has just changed the very foundation of seminal horror. 
I mean, that's probably it for the podcast, really, isn't it? <laughs> well, what is there to say other than thank you very much for joining us for another Summer of 70s! For this time, a spooktacular edition. That's right. Creepy as all hell. Yeah, hope you enjoyed that film. Hope you enjoyed our podcast. Hey, get in touch and debate these things. It's very rare that we have a just full-out schmassic. I'm sure some people are spinning in their seats listening to the podcast. Um, yeah, come on. Have a fight. We, we can take you. And we can, we're weak <laughs> men. I've got a bad back still. Really? You've still got a bad back? <laughs> yeah. from, from last time? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, okay. Well, we will we we are happy to take you on in a war of words. Oh. <laughs> it sounds like we're going to not do very well at that. <laughs> oh man. Uh I'll say that again though. Mm. We are happy to debate you on these issues. So please get in touch on our Facebook group, on Twitter, on email. What is that? Is that like a spooky voice yes. or something? Is it? Yeah. It's kind of creepy. Okay. Not to say. I won't do it anymore. Okay. I just thought, you know, the nature of podcasts, perhaps people are listening to this in the winter. Perhaps they're listening to it on All Hallows Eve and it's not out of place at all. In that case, what you should do, go and get yourself an ice cream and eat it in winter. Because it's, sem- give you a it's sense summer. Of, yeah. yeah. And if it's you, Owen Shaw's, listening to it. This bit was never in the original podcast. Why is it in there now? There was a bit like this in the original podcast, but it burnt down five years ago. You've been listening to Classic Schmessic Summer of 70s with Chris and Owen. Red Radio. Dot com. Independent podcasting network.